Today we're going to discuss the, um, some halachas of eggs, focusing on two particular halachas, first of all the halachas of blood spats, and then the halachas of eggs left overnight. Starting with the halachas of blood spats, um, there's really two different types of eggs out there. You can have eggs that are fertilized, you can have eggs that are not fertilized. We'll discuss the halachas of each of those scenarios, and then we'll figure out the status of today's eggs. The chicken, of course, is kosher. An egg is kosher. An embryo is not kosher. In between stage from an egg to a chicken, that is not kosher. The Gemara Chulin says if you find a blood spot in an egg, that indicate that can indicate that an embryo has begun to form, and therefore you can't eat that. Now the question the Gemara discusses different depending on exactly where that blood spot is found in the egg will depend if we're going to say that just the blood spot is the embryo. Or, if we found in other parts of the egg, we'll say that the entire egg is now an embryo, and therefore the entire egg is not kosher. The Ramah says that since there's many opinions exactly how to define these various spots, we're not sure exactly what anything is, therefore the Ramah says, anytime you find a blood spot, we treat the entire egg as an embryo, and the entire egg is considered to be not kosher. Therefore, if you were to find an egg with an embryo, or if they're going to treat it as not kosher, if you cook an egg with another egg, and one of those eggs that happened to have a blood spot in it, which we, again, is not going to be a kosher egg, that will make the other egg not kosher. That will make the pot not kosher. Because of that, there was a establishment in Klyosol that many people had that they would only cook three eggs at a time. If they only cook three eggs at a time, because of the halakhas of bittel, halakhas of nullification, it would come out that the other eggs and the pot would remain kosher. That was minute for many, many years. So we have two halakhas so far. First of all, you find a blood spot in a fertilized egg, the entire egg is not kosher. Second of all, because of that, there's a matter that people would cook three eggs at a time to avoid any problem of making the other eggs not kosher and making the pot not kosher. When you crack open a regular egg, do you have to ch check it for blood? We know that we have, um, many times we have legitimate halakhic concerns about finding something not kosher. We, on our, a lot of vegetables that are, have a concern of finding bugs in there. Well, because you have to check. If you're so concerned that you're going to find something not kosher in there, you have to check. Questions that apply to eggs. So the Rishonim point out that the, um, the the possibility of finding a blood spot, even in their days, in an egg, was ex pretty rare. Uh, not enough to halakhically obligate you to check for that blood spot. Nonetheless, the Rajba and other Rishonim say that the establishment of was we do check for blood spots. It's a relatively easy thing to do. And... The Rajva says that was the, uh, that was the, that was the that Klai Yisrael took on, that we do check for blood spots. And that's the Ramah Paskins, that we do check for blood spots, even though it is not, according to the strict letter of the law, there is no halakhic obligation to do so. Comes out, though, the Ramah points out, that since this is only a Chumrah, this is not something which we really need to do. Therefore, in most cases, if you have, in those days when there was, um, when it was dark at night, you didn't have so much light, you couldn't really check for blood spots. The Ramah says, you don't have to worry about it then. If you are boiling eggs, and it's not really so practical, you can't check them before, obviously. Afterwards, you're not going to be able to find the, the, the blood spot. The Ramah says, not a problem. Again, because the Ekel Halacha is that you don't really have to check. For a machmer, we do check. I don't know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, what, what you can tell after it's already cooked. I know the Rajah says that after you can't tell. I don't know what he means, but he seems to, yeah. yeah. Definitely harder, and maybe we don't know what it would look like otherwise. Um, so again, so we have three halachas that come out by fertilized eggs. First of all, we throw out the entire egg because we're concerned the entire egg is a embryo. Second of all, we cook them all three together. We cook only three at a time. 
And third of all, is that the establishment was that we check every egg for a blood spot. That is all for eggs that have the possibility of being fertilized. Gemara says, you have an egg that came from a hen that was not with a rooster, that not fertilized. You know for a fact it was not fertilized. The Gemara says that, obviously, there's no concern of an embryo being there, but you find a blood spot. The Gemara said that blood spot itself is usher, but the rest of the egg is mutter. What's where that blood spot came from? They say it came from a either a ruptured blood cell in, in there or a ruptured tissue or something else like that. Therefore, the Gemara says that the egg, there's no concern of an embryo being there. You get into egg. The blood spot itself is in the Issa de Rabbanon on eating such a spot which looks like, which, which is blood. So I, that's what I was asking. So why it's not, it's not usher because we can't eat blood, it's because of the... No, so on an on, on a egg which is fertilized, there's a concern that the entire egg is an embryo, that's right. one answer. On an egg which is unfertilized, we, have a, on, we have also have a concern that, that they have to have another halakha that you can't eat actual blood. This is not the rice, it's not the biblical level of blood, but it would be a, a rabbinic um, level of an iser of eating blood. Why not? Why isn't it, why isn't it as the rice of blood? Because not, it's not, that, that's not really from an animal, it just looks like blood of an animal, so we make a gazer up to the bird. But it's not, it's, not, it's not the real, it's not the real bird. So it comes out. A, a, a egg which is not fertilized, throw out the blood spot technically, and the rest of the egg is mutter. Our eggs today, you're going to a regular supermarket and buy your regular standard eggs, are coming from egg farms where they do not keep any roosters anywhere near there. They are all unfertilized. So it seems, if you look at oh, going through from the Shokan Arach, that you can just, any of our eggs, you can just take out the blood spot and be done. <coughs> However, Moshe Feinstein comes along and points out that, yep, according to the Strickler law, that is true. However, he said there's a remote, remote possibility that some fertilized eggs get mixed into with our eggs. Therefore, he says, even though he said that, halacha, that, that, that probability is halakhically insignificant, that we see from the other halakhas we discussed today, that we take on a lot of commerce when it comes to the blood and eggs. He says, eggs are so cheap. We're not, they're not an expensive thing. If you throw out the entire egg, you're not, no big loss to anyone, 10, 15 cents. He says, Therefore, the, what you proper thing to do, he says, even if you find a blood spot on today's eggs, he says, not according to strict letter law, you don't have to, but the proper thing to do, he says, is to throw out the entire egg. That's what Micah says, and that's what I think is the, basically the establishment in Klyuso. Other places can point out other concerns, possible concerns that, you know, things change, and 20 years from now, they might decide that fertilized eggs are the eggs we need, and, uh, you know, it's going to change back to being fertilized eggs. Today's unfertilized. Things change. Other places about other reasons why we should be machmer the entire egg, but basically, based off of Maisha, the established chumra is that we throw out the entire egg. However, Price can point out, since it's just a chumra, therefore, if you mix your eggs together, it's not a problem. Take it, if you can see the blood spot, take out the blood spot. If you can't see the blood spot, it's probably already nullified. But, if, but since you don't have, you know, it, if you had a real fertilized egg and it got mixed in with other things, you'd have to throw everything out. A whole egg in there, it's trafe. Now it's just the blood spot, which is probably nullified anyways. And halacha, real halacha is you do not have to throw out the egg. So you take out the blood spot as much as you can, and you can go on. But of course, you should try to take out, you, tr- you would have to take out the blood spot in that case. And of course, before you fold in, you should throw out the entire egg. What about cooking them together? So Maisha says that, that it's, they don't have to be concerned. It's not really going to, it's not going to trafe up the other eggs even if we did cook them together. Even if there would be a blood spot in there. I mean, when do you know those blood spots you throw out the egg? Right? When he said, you're going to cook, you're worried about cooking them together, and they're going to trade off the other eggs, we're not worried about that anymore. 
because um, it's not a real, it's not going to chafe up the other eggs anymore. Anyway, there'd be nullified that tiny blood spot. Even if you put it in, a, in, a, in, in with the other eggs and the water and the pot, it would be nullified anyways. And therefore, Ramesha said you don't have to. You know, therefore we're not concerned about cooking three less than three eggs together. If you did cook less than three eggs together, everything's kosher. Ramesha um, in one shuvah says that if you see that a, if you see that there was a blood spot for sure, he says he would be machmer not, not to use that pot for twenty four hours. That's a seems to be he seems to be a shrinsi saying himself elsewhere he seems to be lenient on that case what about checking eggs today remember it's still an isadar abundant of eating blood eating that blood in the eggs so it can say it's even less even more rare than it used to be to find blood spots they, they, the way the way they the process of eggs today it's even more rare to find the blood spots but nonetheless that same custom from the ramah of checking the eggs seemingly does apply in the ramah's days it wasn't either According to the real halacha, it was just a stringency. That same stringency applies. Therefore, please can say today you should check your eggs. But again, if it doesn't, if someone doesn't check their eggs, everything's kosher. If uh, if it's if it's not practical, whatever reason, then not a problem. Hard-boiled eggs are not a problem. It comes out from the blood spots and eggs. Three basic halachas. Today, Rav Meisher says, according to the strict letter of the law, you do not have to throw out the entire egg, just the blood spot. But anyways, the custom is to throw out the blood, throw out the entire egg. Today, except for those who somehow hold on to this minute of cooking three eggs in a pot, for the most part, it's okay to cook less than three eggs in a pot, but you should still check your eggs. You have the concern of that, of that blood spot. And even, but that is, again, just a chumrah, and therefore, if someone doesn't, someone didn't, then everything would still be kosher without a problem. No, that, that, they, that, that's the principle I say, since it's just a concern. It's not, we're basically saying, if you had, you know the egg is there, you, 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 you throw it out. If you're concerned, Rachel said for sure that if you would cook it together with other eggs, it wouldn't trafe the minute, trafe anyways. The price can say, you know, you can cook less than three eggs today. So you have, you have, if you happen to have the minute, they say, don't, you don't have to change your minute. But, but if you don't have a minute today of cooking three eggs together, you can cook, you can cook less than that. Not a problem. Rabbi, just a very entertaining thing where we go to Elvish Shalom State, Rabbi, here. Must have been 35 years ago. He was before he was a rabbi here. He was a mashkiach on Pesach in a hotel one time, and he told me the story that you know they went in. There were chefs in the hotel, and they tried to claim the chefs. You got to check every egg. No chefs have ever watched. Okay. They crack eggs like this, and the chef was like, "This is crazy." The first egg the chef opened. This is 30 years ago. I maybe it was different because now it's almost impossible. They cracked an egg open, and there was an embryo, clear embryo inside the egg. Okay. And the chef was like walking around with the egg to all the chefs. We check eggs in this kitchen for now on, kosher or not. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> was like, this is like, you know, God was like, tending down. There is a slight possibility yeah, of fertilized eggs getting in. This might have been 30 years yeah. ago, might have been different, I don't know. But okay. Very yeah. entertaining story. Very <laughs> regular. The dean of free range. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, fine. So everything we've been talking about, yeah, very good, thank you. Everything we've been talking about is regular eggs that you buy, the standard eggs you buy in the supermarket. If you're buying anything that's free range, organic, this, that, you have to know the practicalities of what those hens have access to, what, the, where the, what they're doing with them. It, you have to look at every case has to be, you have to uh, evaluate on that and figure out whether that would be according to the Iqra Allah throughout the entire egg or, or just this Ramesh's Khumra and whether the other Khumras would apply there. Okay, let's move on. Brown eggs and yeah, the brown, the only thing. The one in three has blood spots. Maybe different types of blood spots in those, yeah, they, but okay. The, diff- the difference is that, difference is that if you have a, one of these eggs which could be fertilized, then if it gets mixed into your food, you have to throw out everything. Um, if you probably should cook less than three in a pot, you shouldn't cook less than three in a pot then. Um, the difference is that yeah, um, the checking them and the minog of, of throwing out the entire egg wouldn't change. Yeah.
Okay, let's move on to the other, another common law with eggs, and that is leaving um, unpeeled eggs overnight. The Gemara Nida lists a couple of things which said are dangerous to do. Where it says that eating eggs left over, unpeeled, that are overnight, or garlic or onions, we'll focus on eggs for today, all these things, if you leave them overnight, a ruach ra, a bad spirit, something I don't necessarily understand, but something of bad spirit, comes in onto these eggs, and eating them is now going to be a dangerous thing. That's the Gemara in... Well, well, the Gemara, the Gemara says even if they're covered. The Gemara says explicitly even if they are covered is a problem. There's an unpeeled. Unpeeled eggs left overnight. Un? Unpeeled. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. I said it backwards. Peeled eggs left overnight. Sorry, thank you. Peeled eggs left overnight, even if they are covered. Um, the Gemara says is a dangerous thing to do, and we don't do that because the Ruach Rakam there, we don't do that. This halacha is very interesting. It's not brought down in any of the Rishayim who we usually follow for Psak Halacha. Um, the main Rishayim in, in Psak Halacha, it's not brought down in Rambam, it's not brought down in Shochanach. However, it is brought down by the Shla, the Prichadash, the Shochanach Rav, by the Aruch Shochan, the Chavat Chaim, Rabbi Shafainzin, Rosham Zamar Orbach, and many others, all bring down this halacha. And the first time saying, well, it's not brought down in Shochanach, I think every, basically every halacha we do is molded in some way by either the Aruch Shochan, Mishnah Brua, they're all four of them are saying that it's we keep, then something we should be careful about. So, so what about the hashkoch that come in a big bucket? We'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. We'll get there. They, have, they have answers. Um, okay, so then the Gemara says that you can, we, that's a dangerous thing to do, we don't do it. However, there are numerous leniencies regarding this halacha. I'll go through them, see what the possibilities are. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these leniencies are controversial one way or another. I'm not saying what you should do, shouldn't do. I'm just pointing out the various possibilities and the various opinions. The first leniency is brought down in the Gemara itself. The Gemara says if you leave a little bit of the peel on the egg, it's not a problem. Therefore, if you peel, if you have high boiled eggs, and you suddenly need them ready for the next morning, but you can just leave a little bit of peel on it. Yeah, the whole Gemara, this whole problem does not apply, and you can leave your eggs overnight without a problem. The next possible leniency is Gemara says you have to leave it in order for this ruach ra, this bad spirit to come on these eggs and make it dangerous. You have to leave it overnight. What does overnight mean? Some places Gemara say overnight means the entirety of a night, from say from dark to night till till tomorrow morning, till light tomorrow morning. That is overnight. But let's say you would peel an egg at ten o'clock at night. It didn't stay over the entirety of a night. Some places Gemara say that wouldn't be included in this Gemara. Others want to say, no, no, overnight means that at the end of the night, it was left unpeeled. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, it was left unpeeled. That is, that, uh, it, was left, it was left peeled. That would be already considered in this halacha. Not like it's exactly how to define overnight. Some places want to say, if you do it in the middle of the night, it's not a problem. Others disagree with that. The smack brings out, discusses, they used to have a dish, they have some sort of crushed garlic they would eat on Shabbos morning. And people wanted to prepare it before Shabbos. So the Smack says, well, how can, you can't do that. You're going to peel your garlic and crush it before Shabbos. You're going to have peeled garlic overnight. Smack, some fruits, and one of his answers is that since they mixed it in with other things, it's no longer considered in this category of the Gemara of leaving peeled things overnight. Presumably, the Gemara is saying that if you leave an egg overnight, it's a problem. An egg mixed with something else, this Ruach Ra doesn't come on to the egg. Based on this, if you want to make egg salad for Shabbos, you want to make it on Friday afternoon, 
you take your eggs out, you mix in all your other things you're putting in there, your mayonnaise and whatever else spices you're putting in there. Now it's a mixture of other things and it's not a problem at all. What about some people wonder, can you just put a little bit of salt, a little bit of oil into on top of your eggs and solve the problem that way? The place can seem to say that if you put salt, would would be considered mixing in with something else and that would alleviate the problem. The question exactly how much salt you have to put in. Amongst the people I saw discuss how much salt you have to put in, the minimum I found was enough that it had to be, you can taste the salt, you that something notice, noticeably changes it in some way. Therefore, I want to say if you can taste it differently, something tastes differently about this because it has the spice in there, that would be enough. I uh, heard that uh, people who say less than that. I couldn't find anyone in writings who, um, who, I, who I say the, 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 the minimum amount I found was that you have to have enough that it affects the taste of it in some way. If you think about it, it's not a big deal at all because we barely, basically don't eat eggs without some sort of spice ever. So you're eventually going to put salt in or some other thing else in there, put it in right now, and you solve the entire problem. Um, and so Rebelsky has an interesting chiddush. He says that all that you have to do is to make it have, have, have you want to say that he, all that you need to do is do something that affects the change in it. So he says if you put preservatives into it also, and the companies will make things on the preservatives into, into it, that would solve the problem as well. Uh, Mastowski asked before, what about uh, the, the, you go into any store, you find these hard-boiled eggs, you find them with an OU, you'll find, um, you'll find liquid eggs, buckets of liquid eggs, all these things are peeled eggs left overnight. So how are they able to do that? So the answer is based on Ramesha Feinstein's understanding of this sugya. Ramesha Feinstein was asked about these types of frozen, I think they used to have frozen egg whites, whatever it was, and he, he says that this halacha bruachra, he said before, it's not something we really understand. What, what it means, a ruach He says, we, yes, we have to follow it. It's a Gemara, and we follow the Gemara. He says, however, since we don't understand it, we limit it to the exact scenario the Gemara discussed. The Gemara was discussing a regular household type of use where you peel an egg, use it today, use it tomorrow, use it the next day. The concept of commercially producing eggs to be used in a month from now you know, ship stocked, whatever, so, you know, put on put on a shelf, and then use it a month from now. That Rambam says was not the Gemara scenario of eggs left overnight, since that was not the Gemara scenario, and it's something we don't really understand, so we can't extend it past what the Gemara is talking about. So to understand, we can say, well, okay, this fits into the category of the Gemara. If we don't understand how this thing works, anyways, then the only thing we have to be careful about is for the Gemara's actual case. Based on that, the OU says, okay, well, that's the matter of case. These egg whites, these commercial egg whites or commercial eggs that they have, liquid eggs, not a problem. Or the commercial hard-boiled eggs, not a problem, because that wasn't the Gemara's case. And therefore, based on Rebmeisha, the OU is makele to produce these um, these types of items. Uh, our, not everyone's not into Rebmeisha. The, the Badats and Eretz will not rely on that. I don't know what other Hikshayim do. But, but that is, that is Rebmeisha's hatter, and that's what the, the OU for sure re- relies on. The OUs, they point out, it's not a blanket commercial hetter. They say if you have a restaurant and you're cutting onions for tomorrow morning, that's, they say that's, that's too similar to what we call a household use. That's exactly how a person would do in the house. They cut the onions and use them tomorrow. Talking about commercial things where they're going to be used in a company for weeks later, that is a case where they want to say Rav Maisha's leniency would apply. We'll get to the covering in a minute. Um, this discussion is basically exactly what type of eggs are we talking about. We're talking about cooked eggs, raw eggs, is classical, uh, two Jews, three, three opinions. Some place can say it applies to only cooked eggs, some place can say it applies to only raw eggs, some place, and I think what's the more accepted view, Rebelskis or Rebelskis, 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 or Rebelskis,
all types of eggs, whether they're cooked or whether they are raw. I think that's what most people are, are careful with either way on this halacha. So, Ramaz Dr. is asking about the covered eggs. So, the Gemara says explicitly that if you cover these things, it doesn't help. So, the Gemara says that very clearly. There's some place you want to say that maybe the Gemara, when it said those words, was only going back on the onions, not on the, on the, on the garlic, maybe wasn't going back on the eggs. The Pashas, I think, is that the, the place can say that it's going on all the cases, and if you, if you cover your eggs, it does not help. Ravelsky wants to come along with a chedesh, and wants to say the same way Moshe said that the Gemara's kit with the halacha we only apply to the exact scenario of the Gemara, which was these, uh, which was in Moshe's case was eggs pr- produced for household use, not for long-term commercial use. Ravelsky wants to say that in those days they didn't have the kasha concept of an airtight container. Ravelsky wants to say that in, if they had an airtight container, maybe they would have, maybe this is not included in the exact, the exact case of the Gemara. Therefore, he says you have a um, hermetically sealed container, airtight. Ravelsky wants to suggest that under those circumstances there would not be any problems of this dangerous of leaving the eggs because that's not in the case of the Gemara and we only have we're only going to include in this halacha those cases which are the exact scenario of the Gemara other parts can disagree it's taking very much as Chiddush and building upon that so the hebe can't get through airtight containers that's what you said the same way Hebe doesn't get through people who are making in companies for four weeks later, he says it also maybe doesn't get through containers. In other words, that's not the Gemara's case. And that's saying it doesn't. He's saying that's not Gemara's case, and we don't understand it. Therefore, we're going to go with what it says in the Gemara. All right.